Welcome to the Lost Tapes of History podcast. You're about to eavesdrop on the first 10 minutes of a private conversation between a Tudor personality and, frankly, someone just trying to do their job. The date is February 1537 and King Henry VIII is on the throne. Margaret is on her third husband. She wants a divorce because it's becoming clear that she has terrible taste in men. Uh, Margaret Tudor? Uh, yes, that's right. I'm using my maiden name now. Do take a seat. Sorry, what's that? Oh, it's the timer. It means I'm getting paid from this point on. I understand you're looking for a divorce from your third husband, is that right? Yes, that's right. And how did your previous two marriages end, if you don't mind me asking? Well, my first husband, James, died, and I divorced my second husband, Archie. I see. How old were you at your first marriage? Seven. Sorry, did you say seven? Yes. My father started preparing my marriage to James when I was seven. Or just under. We were fourth cousins, so we had to get permission. Um, how old was James? Twenty-three. Twenty-three? Yes. That's quite the age gap. He had a bit of a reputation with the ladies of his court. He already had three mistresses and several illegitimate children. I see. Well, that's grounds for divorce right there. Infidelity. I don't need to divorce him. He's dead. Force of habit. So when did the ceremony of betrothal happen? I was 12. The Earl of Bothwell stood in for James. Uh-huh. And then we had jousting, a celebratory banquet, bonfires, free wine and entertainment for two days. Hmm, sounds expensive. My mother died before the wedding, but she insisted that no expense was spared. Good old mum. I left for Scotland. I remember thinking that it was likely that I'd remain there for the rest of my life and never see my family again. Sounds like the average marriage to me. 500 members of my escort attended the wedding in Scotland and then went home. 500 guests? Did Hello Magazine cover it? It was customary for the bridegroom to preempt the formal meeting with an accidental informal rendezvous. What for? It's supposed to mean that the groom is so impatient to see his bride that he breaks the rules of etiquette. And to see the goods before he buys them. Sometimes they turn up in disguise. He turned up in a hunting outfit with a liar. He was very good looking. He'd just turned 30. And what did he think of you? I don't know. He didn't tell me. But he was very charming and witty. He showed me and most women, uh, courtesy and respect. I went to bed happy that night. Sounds like a catch. Oh, he was. He was liberal, spoke multiple languages, even loved embroidery and would sit sewing some nights. Sounds a bit girly to me. Oh, he could jump straight into his horse's saddle without using his stirrups. He was very masculine and energetic. If you say so. Oh, he was so romantic. We spent long hours talking. He flattered me, made me laugh, sat at my feet, 
playing the lute. He spent a fortune on the wedding. Well, nothing says true love like a really expensive wedding. The morning after, he gave me a morrowing gift. What? It's something the king gives their new wives on the first morning after the wedding. Like a hangover cure? He announced he would shave off his long beard because he knew I hated it. Let's go back to the money. What was your dowry? £30,000. And what did you get in return? Linlithgow Palace, Methven Castle, uh, Dune Castle, uh, oh, and Stirling Castle. But I had problems with uh, tenants in the last one. Tenants? Remember I mentioned his mistresses? Yes. Well, the one called Janet Kennedy had given him three children, and she lived in a very expensive apartment there. Oh, I see. All his numerous illegitimate children were in the nursery as well. And let me guess, you weren't pregnant yet. It took two years. So, Janet got moved to Forez. Out of sight, out of mind, so... Oh, he still visited her. Pretended there was a shrine nearby which he was going to. And so, number of children from the first marriage? Uh, By the time I was 23, I had been pregnant five times. But only had our son James to show for it. And so you were how old when your husband died? I was 24. Oh, right, so your son was just a baby. I begged him not to go into battle. I said I'd had premonitions of his death in terrible nightmares. He just told me to go back to sleep. Yes, I think I can guess what happened next. Yep. His body was taken to England. I still don't know where he's been buried, if at all. Oh. Okay, so now we're on to husband number two. What was that? Oh, it's just a little alert. I've earned another five grand. Now, where were we? Uh, Husband number two was Archibald Douglas, Earl of Angus. Date of marriage? We were secretly married on uh, 14th of August, 1514. Why secretly? Ah, Well, the terms of my husband, Will, stated that my regency would be terminated if I married again. Ah, those terms are watertight. So you married him because... He was handsome. We were the same age. He was also a widower. And... I thought my position with the council would be stronger if I took a leading peer, an important member of the council, as my husband. Well, if he was a leading peer... I think he lied about how popular he was. So the council said... (sighs) They voted we'd gone against the will. I saw that coming. They asked the Duke of Albany to come back from France to be my son's guardian. And they said I had to give my consent to it. Oh dear. Probably didn't help that Archie physically attacked the Lord Chancellor to seize control of the Great Seal. Probably not. And they stopped my allowance. I mean, Archie was wealthy, but he was no king. Sure. They said I could have custody of my children if I turned over the regency. But I refused. So I was shut up in Stirling with Archie and the kids. Well, that must have been difficult. We rowed constantly. I was pregnant again. He said I should hand my sons to Albany. What kind of man says that? An idiot. He slipped out of the castle and headed for his own estates, leaving his brother George to look after me. 
<sighs> and eventually even George legged it, leaving me to face Albany on my own. What did you do? Well, I had to surrender. He said he'd treat me and my sons fairly, but not Archie. To be honest, I agreed with him. I mean, Archie had deserted me. Again, probably grounds for divorce. Desertion. In the end, we managed to escape together over the border. But he'd not been granted permission to leave Scotland, so I had to carry on without him. What did he say to that? He said he was planning on kidnapping the boys in order to restore me to the Regency. Mm, That does not sound like the best plan in the world. Then he suddenly announced he wouldn't be coming with me to London, but would be returning to Scotland to ask for his confiscated lands to be restored. Mm. Took it badly, as you can imagine. I can imagine, yes. Archie had been corresponding with Albany the whole time. He'd been restored to favour as soon as he appeared in the Scottish court. He betrayed me. What did he do? He came down to meet me in York and begged to join me. But I was furious and refused. So you got a divorce at that point? (coughs) Um, no. I arrived in London and stayed at Scotland Yard. Because... You're a police officer. It's the residence of the kings of Scotland when they visit London. Oh, it was so lovely to see my family again, particularly my brother Henry the King and his wife, Catherine Aragon. So you were there for... Oh, about a year. Wolsey wanted my marriage annulled so he could marry me off to the Emperor Maximilian. But I refused. My daughter would be illegitimate if we did that. A year is a long time. You'd think so. A year without your wife and daughter. But when I got back to Scotland, Archie was in no hurry to meet us. The council had to force him. So you got a divorce then? No. I did, however, find out that my income had been diverted to Archie while I was away. And he'd been living it up with his mistress, Jane Stewart. Oh dear. They were openly living together in one of my properties barely enough to pay my servants. I wish that they'd taken Wolsey up on his annulment offer then. And so then you got a divorce. I wrote to my brother Henry. I said, I am not minded that I may part with him, for I know well he loves me not, as he shows me daily. He said, there's no question of a divorce and you must stay in Scotland. Pot, kettle, black... I'd managed to get my income diverted back to me, cutting my husband off, who was furious. Luckily, council were as fed up with him as I was and ignored him. And then you divorced him? Not quite. I wrote to Archie and said, look, let's try one last time. We raised 400 men and took Edinburgh. But we still argued. He wouldn't give up his mistress and continue to spend my money. Well, you know, leopard spots. Well, then I started looking in a divorce. Hallelujah. But I got a barrage of letters from my sister-in-law, Catherine, having a go about divorce. The one married to your brother, Henry? Yes. I said, if Archie had desired my company or my love, he would have shown him more kindly than he hath done. Yeah, she had her own worries about divorce going on. Anyway, Duke of Albany seized power and wanted Archie arrested for high treason. Archie was captured and forcibly exiled to France. And that was the end of him. 
Nope. He escaped and went to London and met with my brother. Ha! Laughably, Henry called him, Our dearest cousin, the Earl of Angus, whom we find to be your obedient, loving and faithful servant and husband. Well, he certainly pulled the wool over Henry's eyes. I said he has no interest in anything other than himself. I said, well, if that's true. It's funny how since he left Scotland, Archie's never written to me. I warned Henry, but he didn't listen. Yeah, he's like that. But then I got together with what would turn out to be husband number three. And he is? Henry Stewart, a distant cousin of my first husband. He was my captain of the guard, but I knew that any sympathy I had got previously would be gone if anyone found out about us. Um, where's Archie at this point? He managed to convince everyone that he had their best interests at heart and came over the border. Albany's regency ended and I was approved to take over as regent. Oh dear. He tried to break into Edinburgh Castle, so I ordered the castle guns to be aimed at him. I was told it was unseemly to fire upon one's husband. I said, go back to England and don't meddle in things that don't concern you. I fired the guns, but missed. Shame. I did accidentally kill four innocent citizens, though. It's like the plot of a soap opera. I finally allowed Archie through. He started telling everyone that my son was poorly looked after and that I was allowing myself to be led by my lover. He wrote to my brother and wanted his reassurance that, as my husband, he should take control of my money. He said I was trying to bribe him with money to agree to a divorce. I wish you had done that, frankly. I retreated to Stirling with my lover, but they took this opportunity to remove my son from my care and place him under rotating guardianship of four noblemen. Oh dear. And guess who one of them was? Archie! I mean... You couldn't make this up. Nor would you want to. But when this period of guardianship ended, he refused to hand the boy over to the next guardian. He basically kidnapped him. What did your son James think of Archie, his stepfather? Oh, he loathed Archie. Mind you, I've fallen out with him myself. Oh, really? He refused to allow my lover to join my household at court. So I went back to Stirling, where we could be together. And then, guess what? Your husband turned out to be a woman. My divorce came through. December 1527. Based on his adultery, he was furious. We'd been married for almost 13 years and hated each other for most of it. Well, I've got to say, if you come to me, we could have got that sorted out much quicker. But never mind. So, Henry and I married on the 3rd March 1528. My brother went mad. I said, you can talk. You're trying to divorce Catherine. Well, quite. My son James finally managed to escape from Archie's clutches and then banned Archie and his family from coming within seven miles of him. A restraining order was probably a good idea. Archie and his supporters were declared traitors and their lands and goods seized. He fled to England. No idea where he is now. So was everything good in the beginning? I was restored to power. My son, the king, wanted my advice. And my marriage was good. To start with. So what's the issue? Henry has been unfaithful to me with Janet Stewart. 
Just like Archie, he's diverting my money into his own hands and has housed Lady Janet and their son in one of my castles. History repeating itself. Oh dear. He's even started rumours that I'm planning to remarry Archie. What does your son say? Well, he's refused to consent to my divorce. I said I have no intention of remarrying Archie. I'll become a nun. But he doesn't trust me. Well, I suspect he thinks you might go for husband number four and pick another rotter. Oh, no, I've had enough now. The single life. That's the one for me. Mind you, the chap who met me at reception is quite nice. Is he single? Next time, it's Jane Seymour and the obstetrician. Don't push just yet. The Lost Tapes of History podcast is a Synth 79 production. If you've enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to get more episodes. To fact check what you've heard on this person, visit our website, losttapesofhistory.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at Synth79P and use the hashtag Lost Tapes of History.